Hello listeners, welcome into episode 215 of Keith's Craft Collective. I'm Louise and today I've got a short leather, a cheer for the essential workers, what's crack, oil section and the mini me section. So get your cup of tea, your dram or your intravenous drip and I'll let you know what's been crack in Keith's this past week. Right, uh, a short leather on walk. Now, before I go too far, I've recorded a wonderful episode for you. A whole 55 minutes of it. Saying the same stuff I'm saying, but longer. And uh, because I've already put out two episodes this month, <laughs> Poppin then told me that I only had 53 megabytes left and the episode was 100 and megabytes. So I'm condensing this. So let's go for a quick walk. Now, you come out my house. And the reason we're doing this is because some people aren't getting out into nature as much. And as I said before, I'm very, very lucky where I live. So I want to share that with you and hopefully give you some of my nature through your ears. So come out, come out, come out, get your... In fact, you don't need your jacket on because it's fine out there. You don't even need a cowl or nothing. There is a slight breeze, but... The sun has been shining for days and it's just beautiful. So come on, get your vitamin D. We'll come out and we'll take the dog with us. He will woof at us all the way down the drive until he realises that we are actually going, because that's his job. We will look at the daffodils in the corner, my neighbour's beautiful red telephone box that has a Linden library in it. We're not touching it just now, but it is normally very good for putting in some books that you don't want anymore and it makes a lovely sort of vocal vocal what's the right word focal point that was close for the landscape now eight miles in the distance there is Dunnet Head and just now it's kind of green and when the sun goes down sunset turns it pink with the Deverunian sandstone cliffs Guess who came back this week? The House Mortons. Mm-hmm, they did. We have four fluttering around the back. So they'll not be long in making their nests. And they'll be wondering where everybody is, I would imagine. So we've got down to the bottom of the drive and over by, you should hear the pheasants. There's loads of little tweety brown birds. They're quite facile. I don't often know what they are. You'll hear the, ca- the call of the curlew. Uh, there's still some geese and we will also hear some ducks and some blackbirds, some Jenny Wrens um, and what else? There was something else that was quite cool the other day. That I can't remember. We'll go past the horse and say hello to the two Mr and Mr Zvorbal sheep and Bailey... The horse is looking very splendid just now because he has got his winter jacket off and he's all shiny. And at the corner of the road, there are daffodils and they've been planted in a line by the neighbour who looks after that piece of ground. And there's some little nasturtium ones, you know, the little tiny cute ones. And then there's the big uh, narcissi, narcissi, nasturtiums. Oh, I can't remember, but it's the little daffodils and the big daffodils. So we'll cross the cattle grid and we'll go down the road because it was originally formed by a burn and the water obviously makes a dip in the sort of 
landscape on either side. We get marsh warblers and up on the right there are some new baby lammies. And these are cheviot sheep and they make the loveliest of little meh noises. And we'll go down past the old ice house and the old stone buildings where they used to quarry and prepare um, Caithness Stand stone, which would then get sent off around the world. It would get taken down to the harbour on a little railway that they had uh, set up down that wee road. So these old buildings are now used as storage for the farmer and the local fishermen. And they're really old-fashioned and old stones from the 1800s. On the right-hand side, our neighbour, I think I was mentioning this last episode, he has been cutting away a stone step on the side of the uh, bank. And they pretty much exposed it all again. They've taken all the vegetation off and it's, it's lovely to look at. And of course, we always check to see how many pigeons come out of the shed. That's what we count when we go down. Oh, there's three pigeons. And Richard always says, do you know what three pigeons mean? And I always go, no. And then he goes, do you want to know what three pigeons are? And I always go, no. And there's this pause that we never felt. <laughs> so there's primroses and buttercups coming out just now. And it's not, it's proper, proper green because it's still got a fair bit of greenery to go. But we've, there's irises there and they're a lovely kind of um, green. <laughs> I was just, I, I turned my head to look for my colour wheel and it's sitting over underneath something and I can't quite see what the colour is. Maybe an olive kind of green for the, the irises. And there's a Jenny Wren singing, looking for Mr. and Mr. Wren. Hello, Mr. Wren, let's make some baby wrens. So we come round and we see the harbour and the blue of the sky is making the sea just twinkle just now. It's a deep blue sea because it's, it's like a slight coolness coming off the breeze. And in the distance, we see Orkney and Stroma. Stroma is an island and it used to be inhabited until about the 50s and now it is not, but there's still loads of old houses there. It's still owned by Keithness and um, the farmer and the owner... He goes over and he still has lambs and, um, well, sheep and calves and coos. So he goes over, spends the time there and one of the houses is fully operational and the rest of them have all been kind of abandoned over the years. And in the harbour itself, there's the boats and there's seals. We've got harbour and grey seals and one of them's harbour common seals, I think. And the other one's great. Richard can tell the difference. I just know that there is two different types of seals in that harbour. The one that looks kind of ugly and the one that is very cute. And the baby seals are, I'd say that they're in, they're in their almost teenage years. They're tweens just now. They're too cute to be babies and they've still got their puppy coat on and they're quite fat and need to go out and do some exercise. <laughs> So they're the ones that have survived the winter storms are coming on and they make funny noises. Sometimes you don't even know they're there and then other times you hear this barking and then you're like, what was that? And you look around and the seal's looking at you going, yes, it was me. There's heron, a grey heron, it's looking for its supper. 
and then the birds, all the sea birds, we've got oyster catchers, three or diff four different types of seagulls, there's terns, wee sandpipers, there's eider ducks making the cool eider duck noise. Please look it up if you've never heard it. Because that's my best impression. So I'll always take a wee sit at the end of the pier and Richard will go off and he'll check the boat ropes that they're okay. Maybe have a two metre distance yarn with the fisherman if he's about. And I'll sit and check on my favourite piece of seaweed. Listeners, do you have a favourite piece of seaweed? Because I do. And now obviously you do because you're my listeners. There's a piece of bladderack sea seaweed and it's about a metre down from the slipway where it probably ends and it's attached to the harbour wall. And if the tide is in enough, this is a glorious tall piece of seaweed and it's got bubbles on it. And it's a kind of boring old brown green seaweed as it's not beautifully purple or anything like that. But I like it because it moves around, doesn't it? Seaweed business. So, come on the bladder rack seaweed. And then a metre up the slipway, if you're lucky, if the waves aren't too hard, you hear this little bubble because there's a wee hole a metre up just under the wall. And it goes... Blub, 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 blub. That is just the best thing ever. You're sitting there, you're in the birdies tweeting, the tide comes in, the tide goes out, and it's just really nice. So I'm looking at the old fisherman's hut there at the bottom that has been rebuilt and put a roof back on. And just now they are fitting it out. But because rain has stopped play, they haven't. They have had to stop work just now. But they'll get back to it. So listeners, I hope you had enjoyed that. Maybe rushed a little bit too much. You could possibly play me a little bit slower and enjoy that walk. But think about green, think about blue skies, think about open skies. And hello to Keithness. Uh, we'll do a quick cheer for all the essentials workers. So wait till I find out my, here we are, cheer. Press button. have a wee mention for um, the poor people that are having to be in the mortuaries and the grave digging and the funeral directors. It's a industry that's never ever going to be out of business. has to be very respectful and sadly are probably very overworked right now. So they are in our thoughts. Quick moving on to what's a crack. Um, lots of you are still sewing your masks, so that's good. I mean, they're still the huge, oh, it's like, do you really need them? Do you really not need them? But if it helps even at 10%, then yes, you do need them. I have not made them because I have not been anywhere. I don't tend to go anywhere. So um, I don't feel the need to make them. And I actually don't think I've got any elastic anyway. But... I do, if you want to make them, cool. But certainly make something that is going to help you a bit more and listen to Twinsy Ellen talk about how you need sort of three layers to give yourself a better resistance. So that's interesting what's happening. Uh, in the past three weeks or so, Katie's cape 
has been put out pattern-wise and this is for Shetland Wool Week hat. Sadly, the Shetland Wool Week has been cancelled this year. Um, they'll come back kicking and screaming next year, hopefully, but um, this year it's sadly, sadly been cancelled. And we'll not get to see the wonderful room of people wearing their Wool Week hat and all the different colours made for the same pattern. And that's one of my favourite pictures. Not that I've ever been, or I do kind of like to go, but I will not get to see that this year. But the hats are certainly on Instagram. This pattern is by Wilma Malcolmson, and everybody's different take on the patterns. I just think it's great. I kind of like it when it's got the dark colour in the background. I don't like the brown but then I don't like brown and yellow and orange together unless it's in actual nature. And even then it just reminds me of 70s stuff. But I love the other versions of it. There's been quite a lot of you who have cast that on, so it's lovely. And the other thing I'm going to pull notice is Carrie Westerman's had a really nice check-in every day on Twitter. And it gives you a little chance to sort of stop and think, how am I feeling today? And you can have fine, good, uh, fine, okay, not so good and grr. I like that grr. Because sometimes you are alright, but you're actually just angry. <laughs> because we've got all sorts of ranges of emotions. So thank you to Carrie for giving us the opportunity to stop and think how we actually feel. Uh, moving on. Very quick low section to Ella of Gifnet Girl, who, Ella, I am going to email you back. I just need to get onto my laptop first. I hope you are well down there. And it was a lovely, lovely email. Uh, we've got Bunny the Bruce, Blue CNXN, Busy Lizzie and Lizmas. And also thank you to uh, Cagney, to my Lacey, who sent me a postcard. It's <laughs> really nice. <laughs> thank you very much. Jeez, I do feel like I'm talking quickly, but I'm looking at the time. All right, me, 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 me section. So, haha, listeners, I'm going to give myself a cheer here. Hold on. I finished the Knitted Tunic for Women Ocean by Cotton and Clouds Kyoko Nakayoshi dress. And I used Jameson's Aran, uh, Jameson's of Shetland Aran weight. I used nine balls and this is, comes in 50 grams and it was a teal colour. And I think last time I was talking to you, I was at the neck. I had to do a rib collar and rib, 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 all the whole day through. I think it took me two days to do the rib. But then when I put it on, I was like, oh, I'm throwing myself here. But it's relaxed off a bit, thankfully. And then I thought, oh, that's going really itchy and scratchy. But do you know what? It's so cosy. It just sits and doesn't itch. I can feel it. But not to the point of it upsets me or irritates me or I have to scratch. And it's just so cosy. So I am, I am like really, 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 I am so like, ha, said me. Um, <laughs> no, I'm really, really happy with finishing it. Um, it was a bit of a wait. I was getting, I was getting ready to finish it, but I'm always like that with patterns, am I? So if you want a beautifully um, cabled knitted tunic, then do go and look at her pattern. And you'll probably actually be way better at it than me because I've made all the mistakes and talked about them. So you'll just whip through it. Because you're doing it in our way, it 
honestly doesn't take all that much time to make some progress every time that you go to it. I'm not saying that you're going to get through it straight away, cause lots of cable, there's a lot of knitting, because you're doing it from your, about halfway up your thigh to your head, and beyond, if you put your turtleneck up. <laughs> so I've sewed in the neck, uh, the ends, and I'm just really, really happy with it. And you are welcome, listeners, because now it's too hot to wear it. <laughs> told you, told you I'd finish it. I do this every single year. So then I went to my stash, which was lovely, and I took some of it out and I put it on the table and I looked at it and I thought, oh, right, I need to put this with patterns. So I've pulled out A Bird in the Hand by Sue Stratford and I had bought the wee kit for the Oyster Catcher. I got the book the year before and I want to do that. So that's sitting out. I have a cone of yellow tweed and I'm going, I want to make a yellow cardigan because I've got a dress that needs a yellow cardigan. But I don't have a pattern for it. I want something quite simple. I'd quite like a, it's like a flowy, longish maybe one with flappy bits. I, I can't get past waterfall cardigan, but it's not that. There's quite a famous cardigan on Ravelry that loads of you have made. I think I stepped away from it because I thought, oh, she's too skinny in the model. And I don't think I'd actually suit that. I like something that has a button. But I have another cardigan that you take the bottom right edge up and you pin it up to your left shoulder and then you do the same with the other. And I just absolutely love that cardigan. And I've seen it in two places. One I was given and the other was in fat face for a horrendous price. But I've not seen a pattern for it, so I would quite like to make one of them. I don't know if that yellow tweed has the drape for it. So I put that back in. And if anybody's got some really good ideas for quite a simple, straightforward, even just stockinette um, cardigan, then please do let me know. Um, I took out the teal double knit Iona as well. I've got a cone of that. But still not sure what I want to do with that. And I thought, I don't want to knit one more teal because the dress was in teal. So Then I pulled out the cashmere because if we can't knit with our cashmere right now, listeners, when can we knit with it? So a few years back at Edinburgh Yarn Fest, I was mooching around Carl Fehler's stall and I bought some newest sport. And this is in a purple because I've got some blue cashmere and... I also bought the pattern Coiled Magenta. It's an oversized for drape helical stripes using short rows jumper. And I quite fancy it, but then I thought, oh, I don't know if I've got the mindset for doing stripes. Well, for doing short rows, and that looks a bit complicated. Uh, so I put, I put, and thought, hmm. And then I got some Space Cadet yarn that, Mail had sent me a few years ago. Well, for no, last year. And it is... Uh, where's my wee tag? Listener, sorry about the noise. Uh, it's Space Cadets and it's the Mini Skein Club. And it's uh, Yarn Mia. And it's 80% bamboo and 20% superwash merino. I actually thought it was linen, but it's not. And it's got various colours. They're very, very light. And 
then there was 100 grams of the same yarn but just one massive big skein of it and it's got in a heavy purple was a light purple they're all light light colors and they'll tone in so that with a, a light green um i'm going to make male ski knits optimism and it's a swingy t-shirt and i thought well optimism is a fantastic name we need some of that right now this is going to use up some of my stash that i've been wanting to put towards and it's coming up to summer so i will probably use or wear this in the summer so I cast that on last night and I'm hoping that I'm going to make a good job of it. Um, and also, which I finished last night as well, was using some more hand spun. Like I said last episode, I kind of think that I want to knit with my hand spun. Um, and then I wasn't sure what it was, so I pulled out my House of Commons notepad, which has actually got all my spinning notes in it. Um, and at the back I have got a weight of each yarn and pinned it in and written what it is and how many uh, wraps per inch it's got and then as I've been spinning I put a punch a hole down the side and put a, about 10 inches worth of the yarn that I've spun and hook it into that and then write up a little bit of information about the yarn I've also written how long my nadine OD is, which is 186 centimetres. So, um, on my spindle, I spun some superwash merino, and it's in a bony red colour. Listeners, I'm hoping one of you can help me. What did I do with that? I can't find it. I'm wondering if I gave it away as a prize at my retreat. So if that was you, just let me know, because I've got what I've done with it. I might find it somewhere, but I don't know. So what I did take out was some Shetland Romney Soy Silk BFL, which was, I mean, there's quite a bit in that, but I, I've only made 80 metres, really, and I've made a cowl out of it, and this is, I've knitted it three times. Well, I've knitted part of it three times, because the first time I knitted it in stocking stitch with garter at the edge to hopefully hold it, but it didn't, it sort of, turned itself and curled it and I thought, I don't like that. I thought it looked pretty in the hands, uh, the stocking stitch, which I always think hand spun looks beautiful in stocking stitch. But then Angela suggested, why don't you do a bit of lace? But because it's bulky, it doesn't yarn over as if I knit two together and then pass stuff over very easily. So to wrap that out. So then I just started knitting. I thought, oh, this is a bit boring. Oh, I want it to be stocking eight. I thought, I wonder if I sort of did a little bit of lace, just a little bit of a yarn over knit two together. So in the end, I did seven rows of that and then 11 rows of knit, seven rows of the knit two together. And then I would do two rows of knit, then knit two together and yarn over. So it had a kind of whole, holy bit. And in the end, I got it, I actually don't know how long it was, except I know where it came down to my tummy button. So imagine it going round my neck and then down to my tummy button. And I'm not that tall. So that's how long. And then I thought, that's going to be, it's too short to be a proper scarf. So I very, not very well, and sewed it at the end and it's become a cowl. 
I've got a photograph of that just now and I'll put that on Instagram. So that was quite nice. It's just nice to sit and if you're watching or you can't concentrate or just have something going on your hands. And sometimes I've been doing online training um, and I have my microphone and my video off. So uh, when I'm not taking notes, I can do that. Um, there won't be any show notes again. And I've been listening to Confessions of a Bookseller by Sean Bethel. Um, this is his second book. He did Diary of a Bookseller first. He's a second-hand bookseller in Wigtown and really recommend this. I watched a film called Atomic Blonde and quite enjoyed it. The Great British Sewing Bee starts tonight, which I think will be brilliant. Um, <laughs> we watched YouTube videos of Nat's What I Reckon Cooking. He's very, very, very sweary. Very, very sweary, but very, very funny. He's like the honey badger of chefs. But not in a Gordon Ramsay angry way, just in a really quite funny. He's doing stuff in lockdown just now, and he's just like, stay safe, champs. <laughs> and also, I'm halfway through a Korean drama, Mr. Sunshine, and I think the acting and the cinematography is just beautiful. It, it's, it's just really lovely, and it's quite interesting based in the 1890s in Korea, or chosen as it was then. So listeners, it's 25 minutes. I'm hoping this is just 25. No, this is going to be under 50 megabytes. So please be safe. Please accept this more than 20 second hug to keep you all, um, I'm going to say happy, but just to know that I love you and think about you and I hope that you are okay. And if you're not okay, it is okay to not be okay. And please deal with it every day as you can. So listeners, I'm just going to end with some nice cheering and think about all the bees. Oh, we put the plastic back on our polytunnel this weekend and um, woohoo. <laughs> it's been down for four years. So back to the garden. Woohoo me. And also, I heard this one. <laughs> the jackdaws are going, oh, more onion sets down. Oh. Right, so listeners, thank you for listening and keep on crafting. No, wrong button. Now do the bee dance and be, be very well. <laughs>